Hey, this is Johnny Jett, and welcome back to my podcast. Today, we have Paul Thompson, who is a 19-year airline industry veteran, having worked in customer relations, air cargo, training, and federal compliance. He is currently a ramp agent at Denver International Airport, and he has also been a freelance aviation writer since 2012, which is probably around the time I first met you. And he's a really great guy, and uh, he's fascinating to talk to, especially about travel. I mean, he is a real aviation geek, and you know, I, I think I am, but this guy blows me out of the water. So, Paul, welcome to my show. Well, thanks for having me on, Johnny. Um, it's great to be here, and I'm looking forward to the chat. Good. So, we can't mention your airline, and I'm not even actually sure which one you work for, but I, I have a pretty good idea. But what exactly do you do right now? Um, my job title is a ramp agent, so I cover anything that happens on the ground with the aircraft from helping park it to uh, loading and unloading bags and air freight. Um, in the wintertime, I'm an aircraft de-icer, and um, lately I've been um, part of the initiative to clean aircraft um, with all this COVID-19 stuff going on. So I have a lot of different job functions. Wow. So, you know, I mean, the main reason why I invited you on was to talk about you know, are the, are the airlines doing enough to clean the planes and, you know, how are they doing it? What's it like? And take me through it. Do you like, do you, do you wear full PPE? What happens when you get to the airport? Um, when we, when we start the aircraft cleaning process, um, my airline uses three uh, ramp agents to do each aircraft. We do, we do what we call the turn. So when the plane parks, passengers disembark, we get on, um, and before the passengers get back on, we, we do the cleaning process. So um, we take, um, we wear rubber gloves, we wear face masks, and we'll go through the whole aircraft and clean every touchable surface using a, a spray sanitizer on, on paper towels. We, we do the overhead bins, we do the air conditioning vents, all the buttons for the lights and the flight attendant call buttons. Um, we do the seat back tray tables, and of course the armrest and seat belts. So it's about a 15 minute process for the three people. And then we also, once we're done, we go through and vacuum the aisles just to pick up any small debris that might be on the floors. So do you wipe them down or you spray with one of those like electrostatic guns or I think they're called? Um, we do the wipe down. Um, the spray with electrostatic sprays, those happen on overnights. So when the planes are sitting on the gate for a longer period of time, we don't have enough time or the equipment to do that on each and every, between each and every flight. Gotcha. So do you think I mean, and do you guys do a good job? I mean, do they, are, 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 or your colleagues, are they thorough? I mean, do you think they miss spots? And do you, do you, if you flew right now, would you bring your own wipes and wipe down everything? I think it's good for anyone to bring their own wipes just as a, as a backup. Um, I feel that the stuff we're doing is sufficient. Um, I can't necessarily vouch for the jobs my coworkers are doing, but um, from everything I've seen, um, we're very thorough throughout the whole process. That's good to hear. And do you think the planes are cleaner now than they were four months ago? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've heard flight attendants, you know, between our flights, say our planes have never been cleaner. And, you know, passengers, if they're remaining on board for a connecting flight, they'll thank us for doing it. And the flight crews will thank us for, for doing our work. Um, it's absolutely more cleaner are more clean and um, it's, it's visible. There's no smudge marks on, you know, the overhead bins and stuff like you used to see. That's great to hear. I mean, I mean, when I used to board a plane, I haven't flown in a few months, but I mean, they're always nasty. And I was always wiping down my seats 
and the overhead bin handle and the window shade when I had to get on the plane. And when I started traveling with my three-year-old or when he was traveling, it was almost one, you know, he would lick the windows and everything. So, I mean, we literally would, would wipe down the seats and all that stuff. So, and I know you have two kids, although they're not as young as mine. I mean, they're growing up fast. How old are your kids? Uh, they are 11 and 14 now. And would you put them on a plane right now? I, I'm comfortable putting them on a plane. Um, just last week, uh, we sent my two daughters to Texas for five nights to spend with my parents. Um, and they flew back just fine and everybody's fine and healthy. They're, they've been flying since a very young age, so they're super comfortable doing that. But um, I have absolutely no problem doing that. Well, and they were by themselves. You didn't go with them? No. They're, they've, um, my 14-year-old, my she's old enough to qualify as what they call a youth traveler. So once they're past age 12... Um, they can fly unaccompanied without and, and still escort a younger person. So that's how you make that happen. Wow. Otherwise you'd have to pay $150 or whatever the airline charges. I know it's all, it's different, it varies. Right, right. <laughs> Excuse me. And by the way, did you catch COVID or any of your family members at all? No one in my house has caught COVID. Um, we've all remained completely healthy, thankfully. That's great. Um, I feel like I caught it right now. I'm coughing up a storm. Sorry about that. Oh, I did not catch it. Um, it was a bad joke. Um, I hope I didn't catch it. Um, so what else can I ask you? So, I mean, do you like working better in the summer or the winter? I like the winter just because, you know, you're not sweating so much. Um, I really enjoy aircraft de-icing and there's kind of a challenge to it. And I enjoy the responsibility of the safety aspect of it as well. Just making sure, you know, I, I think of it as my own family or my parents being on there, you know, just the care involved. And so when that, when that plane gets out safely, um, it's, there's a little bit of a pride factor there. Well, how long does it take to uh, de-ice a plane? It depends. Sometimes planes will pull in with just frost on the wings and, and tail. We can do that in about five or 10 minutes. And then other days when there's six or eight inches of snow on the wings we spent 45 minutes um some we'll use two to four trucks on the aircraft depending on how much snow there is and how many crew we have available to do it um so it can kind of vary a little bit depending on the circumstances you know what i never understood and i don't know if denver does this but i know a few airports might but they they do the de-icing you know you know, parked where the, where the planes are parked and then they have to get in line to take off. I don't understand why they don't ever do it right before they take off. Have the, how does it work at Denver? Do they have to uh, park and then get in line or? Uh, in Denver, they do have to park and get in line because the way our airport is set up there, there's a drainage system that feeds into a retention pond um, for the de-icing fluid, which is very contaminant to wildlife and fish and everything. So they, they can't allow that fluid to run off into storm drains. So um, we will have the planes line up. Um, we're, we're pretty good. I'd say my airline does it more efficiently than some other airlines. And so we're typically able to get more planes through de-icing in a quicker fashion. That's good. And do planes ever have to, you know, do you ever de-ice them and then they wait so long they got to come back? I've, I've heard of that happening once or twice or, you know, every, every so often it happens. Yeah. And how long does it how long does it last? If if I if someone de-ices a plane, um, how long do they typically have, or is it just depends on the weather? It it does depend on the weather and temperature. Um, 
the, the first spray we put on there is called type one. It's an orange fluid and it's heated to about 180 degrees. And that has what we call a holdover time. And so if the plane isn't able to take off within that holdover time, they'll be required to re return to the gate. Wow, but the pilots, 180 degrees. Yeah, we, um, we inform the pilots uh, when, we start, when we start spraying the wings and they keep track of it. And um, they, they're responsible for monitoring that holdover time. Gotcha. And by the way, have you flown since COVID? I haven't. I know I'm kind of jealous that my kids have, but I haven't. Um, we're looking to go into Texas to see some friends and family uh, about a month from now towards the end of July. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think January 11th was the last time I've flown. So it's 160 or so days now. <laughs> wow. That's the longest, I assume, in your adult life? I think so. Yeah. I, I typically fly pretty often. And are you nervous about flying? Not at all. I'm I'm really excited and I don't see anything to be nervous about. Oh, good. So, and are you in the airports? Uh, when you go to work, do you go through the airport terminal or are you in the, or, or behind the scenes? Um, we, well, right now at Denver, there's some construction going on and all the employees have to park um, up closer toward the terminal. So we do go through the terminal and there's an employee security porthole we go through. Um, we have our ID scanned and our, uh, we have to do a fingertip swipe and go through uh, random security checks that might include, a, you know, the explosive detection on our hands and or our backpacks or lunches that we might carry. Um, so there's sort of a, a fast track for employees to go through there. I see. And do they test you for COVID, take your temperature or anything like that? No. And um, are the terminals, Are I mean, was it just like a, a ghost town or are they starting to come back to life? I think they're really starting to come back to life um, on our concourse, especially um, my line's doing a lot of flights and I'm seeing more and more passenger activity up there. Um, some of the businesses up there, restaurants, coffee shops are still closed, but I think there's definitely a positive rebound happening. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I, I've been looking at the uh, TSA throughput numbers for security in the U.S. and are definitely going up. I think on April 12th or 14th was the all-time low, or at least in recent history, down to 87,000 passengers. And just this past week, they've crossed 500,000 multiple times. So yeah. it looks like they're going up. I mean, I really hope, you know, the, the doctors are wrong where they're saying it's really contagious and all this stuff, but yeah, I'm still nervous about flying. Yeah, it, it's really great to see. Um, I think there's a lot of demand. You know, people weren't able to travel. And I think if they're still nervous about traveling, we'll see an even larger rebound toward the Christmas holidays, assuming, you know, COVID, you know, starts, starts or continues to withdraw or with, um, subside. So um, people will have that desire to see people and that unspent money that they might have been spending on summer travel so um they can make that happen right actually i you know i thought the second wave was now but i was just reading in the news and everything and they're like they're worried about october and november and i know you're a big baseball fan and so am i and um you know they're talking about not playing baseball in october i don't think they're going to play baseball period that's a whole nother story yeah but uh i am you know now i'm thinking maybe i should travel now because it sounds like i won't be traveling for sure in october november december january february which is the time i usually travel to warm places sure yeah there's there's definitely a big question mark over all that and we'll have to just wait and see what happens with that so do you think they're playing baseball i don't you know as a as a big fan pretty much my whole life i've kind of given up on this season with all the 
bickering between ownership and players. And I'd like to see it happen, but uh, it's not looking very positive. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. So, Paul, where can people find you, by the way? You have a website. I know your, your Twitter handle is Flying Photog. Um, so that's P-H-O-T-O-G. Um, where else can they find you? Um, they can find me on my Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Paul Thompson Writer, like W-R-I-T-E-R. And my Instagram is also Flying Photog. Um, I'd be happy to hear from anyone or just you know reach out or you know friend me or add me or whatever you want to do. So Good. And did I miss anything about asking you uh, questions about the cleaning? Do you think it's enough? I do. I, th I think from everything I've seen from airlines, I get a lot of, you know, press releases and things. And I think pretty much every airline has really stepped up their game in terms of what they're doing on board. I've seen a lot of airlines offering um, in the premium cabins are offering amenity kits that include hand sanitizer and face masks. So, um, I think they're doing pretty much everything they can. Um, what was I going to say? Do you think the Do you think the airlines will continue doing this once COVID's over? Do you think they'll keep keeping the planes clean? Or I I sure hope so. It's it's certainly um, a big. It builds in a trust factor, um, you know, with passengers. Oh, one thing I was going to say was that you know the the social distancing on planes. I think it's kind of silly personally. Right. I mean, I know it's important, but you see, there's not enough distance if you're in a, a three-seat row when the middle seat is 18 inches wide and you factor in the shoulder distances between the window and the aisle passenger, you might have three feet when the government recommends um, you know, six feet. So I, I, I would depend more on the cleanliness of the aircraft than the social distancing itself. Well, especially the people behind you. I mean, you know, if you recline your seat... The person behind you is literally like a foot away from your face. So right. exactly. I, I'd be more nervous about the person in front of me. And so if you're flying, where would you sit if you could pick any seat besides, I mean, first class? Um, would you sit in the back? Would you sit in the back of the plane, the last row? Or would you sit, you know, in front of the bulkhead? Uh, if we're taking, you know, the, the germ spreading into a factor, um, pro the back's probably a good idea. I mean, if I'm a regular passenger and this isn't all happening, I'll take a window. I usually like to sit just in front of the wing. I like, I'm a photographer, so I like the, the angle and, of the wing and the view that provides so I can still see the ground a little bit. But um, I'm not sure where the strongest air intakes on the aircraft typically are. But um, you know, if you can find that out, sit by one of those, there's more, you know, the potentially cleaner air coming around you. And would you be wearing a mask on a plane? Yeah, I'll wear a mask on a plane, especially as long as the airlines, um, you know, ask us to or require us to, you know, we're starting to see some denied boardings and other issues pop up with that. Are you? Um, go ahead. You are, you are seeing that people aren't, people aren't wearing it. So they're not landing them on the plane. Yeah. Yep. I saw um, several airlines are starting to lock down or even considering, you know, bands of passengers who are not complying with the, the mask requirement. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I wrote about it yesterday. Um, United, um, American, Alaska, Southwest, Hawaiian, JetBlue, I think, um, all said that. I mean, United sent out a separate press release. Uh, you know, I, I have a hard time believing they're actually going to ban somebody, but I could definitely see it escalating, and I think it would all depend on the flight crew. But have you personally seen at the airport people uh, being denied or, or hearing about it or planes returning from, from the tarmac because someone wouldn't put their mask on? 
I know of two specific instances here in Denver where aircraft have been brought back to the gate due to passengers not putting masks on. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Well, Paul, I really appreciate you taking the time today. Um, you know, make sure you guys follow Paul on social. He's a great photographer, a great guy. Um, unfortunately, he roots for the wrong team. But um, <laughs> this is actually this this is probably the best thing that could ever happen to your team, by the way. Because yeah, it's yeah, we don't we don't have it too bad. I would, I would say yeah. But um, all right, Paul. Well, again. Thank you for joining, and I'm going to get this up today. All right. All right. Take care. You too. Thanks. All right, Paul. Yes. That, that was pretty painless, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it went pretty smooth. All right, good. Oh, you know what? I got to stop recording. I hit leave meeting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>